today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I sense the Lord would have me to talk about this. I made the comment last week and I truly believe we are witnessing and I'm using this wording for a reason. The controlled demolition of the current world order in order to usher in the new world order. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that Jesus is coming again. When he comes, he will come and take his bride, the church, into heaven to be with him for eternity. The Bible tells us that there are many ways that Jesus is coming soon. Many of these signs have been observed, so keep watch. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 30 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You know how wonderful it is when you see a young couple in love? Oh, just so... I mean, when you, I was thinking about when my wife and I first met. We met in church, actually, in 1986, 30 how many years ago now? 34 years ago or whatever it was. And... Oh, we were so, I mean, we courted for two years. And I think we just probably looked so silly. And the, and the way we would talk to each other, and oh my goodness, we were always holding hands. We didn't hold hands for the first four months, by the way. And, and we, you know, we kept it. We wanted, we wanted God to bless our relationship, and we kept it pure. And but I mean, the way we would talk to each other, and it was just, I mean, and I would always open the door for her. Being the godly, godly man that I am. You know, when you're, when you're first courting, you, you open the door, and then, you know, after you've been married for a few years, it's like, come on, hurry up, get in, what's the matter with you? We're late. My, how things change. <laughs> It's just young love, young love. It's just wonderful. Now you got another kind of abrupt turning of a corner with a contrast here. Verse 20. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. What's this saying? Well, there are some people who will never admit that they've done anything wrong. And I think this proverb speaks to this dynamic of the reason why they don't think they've done anything wrong is because they don't think they've done anything wrong. I haven't, I haven't hurt anybody. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done any 
wickedness. Forget admitting they've done anything wrong. Why would they admit they've done anything wrong if they don't think they've done anything wrong? There's nothing to admit to. Verse 21, for three things the earth is perturbed. I like that word. Not a word we use very often, right? When was the last time you heard somebody say, well that just really perturbs me? What? What does it mean to be perturbed? Perturbed. I think I remember, if I'm not mistaken, I had a, uh, in um, elementary school, I had a teacher that said that word a lot to me, <laughs> because I, I perturbed her. I upset her, unsettled her. Yes, for four it cannot bear up. This is, this is perturbing, <laughs> unsettling. You cannot reconcile this. You cannot bear up under this. What are they? Verse 22, for a servant when he reigns a fool when he is filled with food, a hateful woman when she is married. Understand in that culture in that day there were arranged marriages. And fourthly, a maidservant who succeeds her mistress. The common denominator with all four of these that are so perturbing, (laughs) I just want to say it one more time, perturbed, is because they are ill-suited it just doesn't fit. A servant who reigns, that cannot bear up under a hateful woman when she is married, a maidservant who succeeds her mistress. They, the common denominator is they don't fit. They are put in these positions for which they are not suited. Verse 24, there are four things which are little on the earth. You get the impression that Agur liked lists, number one, number two, number three, number four, and then here's, here's the list. This is my perturbed list. Okay, I just had to say it one more time. <laughs> and this is, this is this list and this list. Some of you are laughing because you're list people too. You know who you are. So this is another list now. These are four things on this list which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The first one, verse 25, the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. Uh, There's a proverb uh, we uh, talked about earlier that basically goes like this. It it says to the slugger, that's another one of those words you don't hear very often, but it's one of those words that just sounds like what it is, you sluggard. You're a sluggard. I mean, it's just one of those words that, you know, I'm, so I'm just going to say it a couple more times. And, but it, so to the sluggard, th- there's this, this uh, proverb that says to the sluggard, take a look at this ant. Watch this ant, this small little ant. Watch how hard it works. It, it takes and it stores up its food during the times of scarcity in the winter, and it does it during the summer. They're hard workers, those ants. 
Boy, I tell you, I, I, I never knew ants until we moved to Hawaii. Man, them buggers, they'll, I mean, armies of ants. I mean, you leave just a little bit of food out there on the kitchen counter, woo, out of nowhere. How did they even get in? I don't know. On the mainland many years ago, um, I'm sitting in my office, and I love popcorn, right? And I, I think there's going to be popcorn in heaven. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's going to be popcorn in heaven. Uh, and it's going to be totally calorie-free, cholesterol-free, everything-free. But anyway, I'm sitting in my office, and I'm eating popcorn. And I dropped, uh, you know, popcorn on the floor, and I'm looking over uh, at this ant. I mean, this little itsy-bitsy ant, and it is carrying this huge... I mean, what is it, like 500 times the size of the ant is this huge popcorn? And it's struggling, trying to, you know, carry this thing. And I immediately thought of the Proverbs. And it it dawned on me, this ant has read the Bible. (laughs) Because this is exactly what it says. This is what they do. They're so small. I mean, they're not strong, this little ant carrying this huge piece of popcorn, storing it. Anyway, just, man, amazing. And God created that ant that way. Man, exceedingly wise. Yet they prepare their food in the summer. Verse 26, the rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. That's how they're protected. Rock badgers, they look like uh, easy prey. They're like a pot pie for the, you know, birds, the fowl of the air, to swoop down and, and pick them up. But yet they, they, they make their, the, their hiding places, uh, their shelter in the rock. I think that's an interesting picture, isn't it? Wh- who's our rock? <laughs> Who do we hide in? Who do we find refuge in? Our rock is Jesus Christ. Verse 27, this is uh, something that's applicable today in other places in the world. The locusts, do you realize they have no main locusts? Okay, let's swarm in this direction. (laughs) The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. I think about other different, you know, insects like bees, God's creation. They have an order that is so magnificent. I watched documentaries on bees one time. I was so blown away. I mean, I'm like, God, you created those bees that way to do that? I'm still asking the Lord why He made cockroaches. But that's another sermon for another time. We could talk about that some other. I had somebody, I mentioned that one time about cockroach. I still cannot figure out, you know, God, you could have skipped the cockroaches. Really, you could have. Especially those, what we call 747s, you know, the ones that, I mean, those things, those are passenger jets, those things that fly. So I had an a online member <laughs> comment, said, if you only knew about cockroaches, um, they are so intelligent. 
so incredibly intelligent. And I, I, I believe it. You know, you put out the traps, or they're, they're over there going, <laughs> how much did you pay for that trap? They're laughing at you. Anyway, again, I, I don't know why God created them, but they're not in here. They're not one of the things. They would have been on my list, but they're not on His. So, so anyway, you have these locusts. They, they advance in ranks, but they have, they have no king. And then you have, verse 28, the spider skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in king's palaces. I was thinking about geckos. Aren't geckos interesting? I don't like those big brown, gray, black ones. I don't like those ones. Is that okay if I don't? The green ones are really cool. It's like they're glow in the dark. I wish we had more green ones than Oh, they're more like in Hawaii Kai, but in Kailua they're all... But anyway, enough of my problems with cockroaches and geckos. But I think geckos eat cockroaches, right? Right? Can somebody give me a witness here? Yeah, okay. First, <laughs> 29. We got another list. There's three on this one. Three things which are majestic in pace. Yes, four which are stately in walk. Now, All of these are interesting in their own right. He starts off verse 30 with a lion, which is mighty among beasts and does not turn away from any. King of the jungle, right? That's majestic. When a lion is (laughs) walking, I mean, you, you get out of its way. It doesn't get out of anybody's way. And it speaks to just the the strength, the might of this lion. A greyhound, verse 31. You know how fast greyhounds are? One has uh, suggested that they're so fast that they actually are airborne in their movement. And then we go to a male goat also. Uh, Why a male goat? Oh, if you've been to Israel with us, you'll understand. Especially when we go to En Gedi. They they are so agile, they're walking on these rocks, and they do so artfully and skillfully, because that's how God made them. So you've got the might of a lion, and then you have the speed of a greyhound, You have the agility of a male goat, and then the fourth one is a king whose troops are with him, which speaks to the majesty. So you have the might, the speed, the agility, and the majesty. Verse 32, and we're almost done. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, we're turning quite a corner here, we're done with the lists. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have devised evil, put your hand on your mouth. Stop. Don't cover your mouth. And then verse 33, lastly. 
For as the churning of milk produces butter, and wringing the nose <laughs> produces blood. I love the, the scripture picture here. Both are true. Maybe in our culture we don't churn the milk to produce butter. I remember in school we actually went to a farm uh, and we actually churned the milk. It was part of the field trip and the experiment. And you keep churning that milk and what you're going to get is butter. We got to take the butter home. It was delicious too, by the way. And the same thing is true with the <laughs> ringing of a nose. I mean, just as butter's going to come from that churning of the milk, so too is blood going to come from the ringing of a nose. What's his point? Oh, so glad you asked. So the forcing of wrath produces strife. Another translation says it this way. Listen to this, and you tell me if this is not apropos for what's going on in our world today. So stirring up anger produces strife. I'll tell you, I see all the anger. I mean, forget about putting a log on a fire, as we have in the Proverbs. You know, you, you stop putting a log in the fire, the fire goes out. Don't, don't keep putting a log on the fire. Forget log. This is gasoline. You're pouring gasoline on the fire. And it's stirring it up. You're stirring it up. Just like you're stirring up the milk, you're going to get butter. You wring the nose, you're going to get blood. You stir up anger, you're going to get strife. And that's what we're seeing happen today. We were talking... I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, I I hate to say it this way, but I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think it's going to get worse. I mean, my goodness. Did you see the, the videos and photos of pallets of bricks? that were delivered to the cities of this nation? I'm pretty sure they weren't glass companies looking for business. They were put there to stir it up. They they want to produce this because they are quite literally hell-bent, literally, hell-bent on the destruction of this nation. Again, I would covet your prayers for Sunday for the prophecy update. I want to talk, I don't want to talk about it. I sense the Lord would have me to talk about this. I made the comment last week, and I truly believe we are witnessing And I'm using this wording for a reason. The controlled demolition of the current world order in order to usher in the new world order. If you're reading the same news feeds I am, uh, then 
you're going to understand what, what I'm about to say, but they're already talking about a reset. Everything has to be reset. Governmentally, economically, especially economically. But this would be a great time for a reset. I, we were just uh, talking, I guess, uh, what did they uh, say in uh, this Governor Newsom in California? Man, uh, the, whole th- the, the whole cry now is defund the police. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And by the way, uh, why did I even get started on this? <laughs> I'm going to produce strife right now. I'm going to stir it up. <laughs> I'm stirring up my own anger. <laughs> but that's exactly what the enemy wants. Remember, the, the, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not black against white. It's not right against left. It's not Republican against Democrat. But Satan has succeeded in getting us to do his work for him instead of him. It is a textbook case of divide and conquer. That's how you destroy. It's divide from within. A house divided, Jesus said, cannot stand. He was accused of casting out demons because of Beelzebub. And Jesus is like, are you kidding me? Well, I didn't say it like that, but that was... It was, it's almost like, how can, that's, how can that even, what are you talking about? What does that even mean? You can't do that. He made a very interesting statement. He said, come here. He actually calls him over. I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel there. Come here. It wasn't like that, but. And he says to them, you know, all kinds of slander, you know, you can be forgiven of the slander. Because they are basically slandering him, falsely accusing him. But he said, there's one thing you will not be forgiven of, and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now, whenever you talk about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the one question that always comes up is, that's the unforgivable sin, right? Yeah. How do I know if I've committed the unforgivable sin and blasphemed the Holy Spirit? I assure you by virtue of the fact that you're even asking that question, you have not blasphemed and committed the unforgivable sin and blasphemed the Holy Spirit. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to reject Jesus Christ. That is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And that is the one unforgivable. All other sins God can forgive, but the rejecting of Jesus Christ, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, is the one sin that God cannot forgive. The words of wisdom the book of Proverbs provides weren't meant to only be applied to life in the author's time. They were also meant to benefit generations to come, including you. All ages and walks of life can benefit from this book in this modern world. Proverbs gives you practical advice for living a life that's pleasing to your Creator. It also shares insight for ways to interact with others to not only show love, but to model Jesus. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from Proverbs when you join us next time on In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from Pastor J.D. at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and even download our mobile app. This is a great way to keep Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you wherever you go, and even share them with others. You'll find a link to download at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app or on our website. One more time, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in Proverbs and that you'll continue to study them on your own. Tune in next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth.